0: Hey, this is Pastor Sam, and thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. If I had to title this this morning, I'm gonna call it Now and Later, right? It's connecting the now and the later in our decision-making because the reality is the choices that we make are now, right? The decisions that we make are are now, but a lot of times, oftentimes the outcomes are much later, right? We we make the decisions now, but then the outcomes are later and they affect us either either positively or negatively later, right? Uh, For instance, our teenage years, they really affect our 20s, right? The the choices that we make in our teenage years really set us up for how we live out our 20s, right? Our academic choices in high school really determine what college we get into, what we study in college, and how all that kind of plays out, right? Our friend groups in our teenage years and in high school and middle school, that kind of determines what we're into, the kind of music we listen to, the way we dress, because our, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, that whole thing. So the friends we make in our teenage years are very, very important, and they set us up for our 20s, and then in our 20s, we make some of the biggest decisions of our lives, and a lot of those repercussions and recourses don't take place for years to come, right? In our 20s, this is where we decide where we're going to go to school, what we're going to study, right? Many, and, and so we pick a career path that hopefully is going to set us on a trajectory for many, many years to come, and so the decisions are now, but the outcomes are later, right? Many of us, we meet our spouse in our 20s. Don't you wish you could have the wisdom of your 50s brought all the way back to your 20s when you meet your spouse? I mean, it's crazy how much of a huge life decision that is, and we make it a lot of times before we're like 25, and we all know that our brain doesn't really kick in until we're 25. No offense to most of the people in this room, but that's the reality of it. It's crazy. Like when you turn 25, it's like, oh, wow, I was an idiot for 25 years. I don't don't know. That's a whole other message for a whole other time. But our 20s really set up our 30s. Right, The decisions we make there, and we pick a career path. And then in our 30s, it really, we don't see a lot of those decision results until our 40s and 50s and 60s and so on. Right, The decisions we make and the choices we make are now, but a lot of times the outcomes are later. And so a lot of times we base our decisions on the now with little thought of the later, right? A lot of times we hear, oh, 0% financing? Cool. That sounds great right now. And then in 12 months, when all that accrued interest from the past 12 months goes on to that low, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? But we don't think about that. We think, oh, that sounds great right now. Or, oh, I can get this kind of deal on this car right now. That sounds excellent. And then you got to pay 500 bucks for the next six years for that car. But in the now, it's like, oh man, that's so great. And then three years down the road, you're like, what was I thinking? Right? Or the first cigarette when we're 15, because we think it's cool. And then emphysema when we're 40, we're like, oh crap. What happened? Right? The decisions are now, but then the outcomes oftentimes are later. And we make these decisions based on them now, but it's not it's not for lack of information. I mean, we have tons of information available to us. We have all kinds, any decision that we need to make, you can get on the internet and find all the information you want to find on that decision. And it's not for lack of advice, because many of us have very good people speaking into our lives saying, hey, you probably shouldn't do that, or yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. You should definitely go for it. So it's not for lack of information. It's not for lack of advice that makes us kind of make these decisions in the now that affect us in the later. So what is it? Why are we consistently making decisions based on the now and not necessarily forward thinking to the future? Well, my thought is that good advice is nothing but words until you submit to the instructions that are offered. Good advice is nothing but words unless you're willing to submit to it. Does that make sense? And this information is nothing but words until we decide to submit to its implications. It takes us recognizing that this is important and then submitting to it. Does that make sense? And oftentimes, especially in our culture, submission is not like the cool thing. It's like, oh no, I got my rights and I got this and I got that and I don't have to submit to anybody. I'm a grown man. I can do what I want right? And so this idea of submission becomes very taboo, but here's the deal. Submission is the key to success in connecting our now and later. You think, Sam, how how does that work? How is submission even part of this conversation? But here's the deal. It's paramount in guiding our direction to make our now line up with our later and it be a positive experience, And so this morning what I want to do is I want to kind of unpack this idea of submission and what it looks like and what God's word has to say about that. So let's pray really quick and then we'll jump right into it looking at the story of Solomon. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and to spend such a cool, intimate time of worship together. Just a guitar and some voices and a chance to connect with you. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to open your word and allow it to speak truth to us. I pray that you would soften our hearts and you'd open our minds and make us receptive to the teaching and guiding and leadership of your Holy Spirit. I pray this morning from whatever walk of life that we come from, that we'd be able to check our baggage at the door and that we'd be receptive to you. And God, I pray that you'd speak to us and that we would leave this morning encouraged, challenged, and changed. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. All right, so there's this dude named Solomon. How many of you guys have heard of a guy in the Bible named Solomon? Just show of hands. Okay, it's like six of you. Just six of you, or are we just not going to raise our hands this morning? Okay, beautiful, like many of us. All right, so this dude named Solomon, essentially he assumed the throne in place of his dad, whose name was, does anybody know? David, right? So David was the king, and Solomon assumes the throne of David when he was about 20 years old. And so this dude's 20 years old, and he becomes The king, right? And so David was this great warrior and this great leader. And David, they would sing songs about him. They were writing poetry about him. There was folklore about David. I mean, David was the man. And then Solomon was great at nothing as a (laughs) 20-year-old, right? Solomon didn't have anything great about him. People weren't singing songs and writing literature about Solomon. And so David left Solomon with the responsibility of building the temple. Not building a temple, Building the temple, the only temple, the first temple, the big kahona, right? Like, this is what Solomon was commissioned to do. And as far as we know, Solomon wasn't like some general contractor that was like, oh, yeah, no problem. This was probably a very stressful situation, right? This was totally freaking out Solomon. And so God came to Solomon in a dream. And so I'm going to kind of paraphrase that dream for you. This is not the voice of God, but this is my take on the voice of God, Uh, speaking to Solomon. So Solomon, he says this, Solomon, because I loved your father, I love you, right? Because me and your dad had such a cool relationship, I want us to have this same kind of cool relationship. And he says, because I made a promise to your father, I want to make a promise to you as well, now that you're the king. Right. And so God comes to Solomon. He's like, I want to have this covenant relationship with you, just like I had with your father. And so God comes to him and he says, listen, ask me anything that you want. Just make any request and I'll give it to you. Right. You want money? No problem. You want land? No problem. You want riches and wealth and power? No problem. Ask me and I'll give it to you. Right? And so that's where we pick the story up in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, and it says this, now, O Lord my God, this is Solomon's kind of response to this, he said, now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of your father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. So God comes to Solomon and he says, listen, you can have whatever you want. And Solomon comes back and he says, okay, cool, I'll take a discerning heart and I want to be able to distinguish between what's right and wrong. Typical 20-year-old response, right? Not so much. So Solomon comes back and he says, I want wisdom. That's what I want. I want wisdom. And God was like, dang, that's awesome. Obviously, he already had wisdom for him to ask that because me at 20 years old would not have asked for wisdom right? I'm like, I'll take this, I'll take that, I'll take this, right? I mean, a whole laundry list of awesome things. I would have had the coolest horse in the whole first century back then. I mean, pinstripes racing stripes the whole deal it would have been incredible and so God was so pleased with his response that he gave Solomon all the stuff that you and I probably would have asked for on top of wisdom he says this in first kings chapter 3 verse 11 through 13 he says since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself nor have asked for the death of your enemies that might have been something I would have asked for too The death of my, that sounds awesome. The death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings." And so Solomon becomes extraordinarily wealthy, extraordinarily powerful, extremely influential. And he's got all this great knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And so I tell you this as sort of a backstory to lead to one passage that I want to share with you this morning. I tell you the story of Solomon because he's, he's notarized for penning this, this passage that I want to share with you today. And so if there was anyone ever in the position on earth to look to God and say, okay, God, I got this right? I got this. You've given me wisdom. I have power and riches and influence beyond belief. I got this. I can take it from here. If anyone was ever in that position on earth, it was Solomon. Solomon was the guy that could say, I can call my own shots. I can make my own decisions. I can drive my own ship. I'm leading this thing called life. I got it. God, you go to the break room and have a smoke, right? Ignore that last part. If anyone could ever say that, it would be Solomon. And so that's not the tune, though, that Solomon is singing, right? Solomon comes and he tells anyone and everyone who would listen in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, he says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And this is so basic. This was actually one of our memory verses in VBS this past summer, right? I had a a group of kids in my backyard and we were all yelling it at the top of our lungs and whispering it as quiet as we can and anything we could to memorize it. And it seems so basic and so elementary. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A whole nother message for a whole nother time would be during this political season as a preface. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Join us for our Jesus for President series coming out October 16th. It's going to be awesome, is one way to say it. It's gonna be awesome. The word that's used here, though, for trust, where it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, when it says trust, he, he's referencing to, the, the word that he uses literally means laying helplessly face down, or vulnerable, or dependent. And so he's saying, helplessly lay face down before the Lord, Have that sort of posture when you're approaching God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And then he says, lean not on your own understanding. The word that's used here for lean means to prop something else against something else to be be supported by. So essentially what he's saying here is he's saying, lay face down before the Lord in a completely dependent posture upon him. When he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, and don't prop yourself up with your own understanding, that's huge. Completely and fully rely and trust in the Lord. And don't try to prop yourself up with your own understanding. Don't try to say, oh no, I got this. You know, I can make this happen. Because essentially what Solomon is saying here, he's saying, in spite of all that you know, in spite of all that you've experienced, in spite of all you know, the stuff that's happened in your life, don't think that you're old enough. Don't think that you're wise enough. Enough. Don't think that you're smart enough. Don't think that you're experienced enough. Don't think that you are careful enough to be able to lean on your own understanding. Don't think that you got it together enough that you don't need God in every single area of your life. Don't get to that point. Don't think that you have enough degrees. Don't think that you have the right job title that you don't need to be propped up by God. He's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't prop yourself up with your own understanding. The wisest man to ever live with this divine wisdom gives us two imperatives. He says, trust in and lean not. And then the very next verse, he kind of continues the thought. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Lay prostrate before the Lord in complete dependency upon him and don't prop yourself up with your own understanding. And then in verse six, he says, in all your ways, Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. There's that path word again. In all your ways, he will make your path straight. And this word acknowledge here, it's become kind of like a tip of the hat in our culture, but this idea of acknowledgement back then meant to respond. So he says this, essentially. He says, lay prostrate before the Lord. Bear your soul to him, trust him. Take on a a, a, a dependency upon him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't prop yourself up with your own understanding, but in all your ways, respond to him. And if you do this, he will make your paths straight. And we're talking about these storytellers and we're talking about these journeys and your direction determines your destination. And we're talking about you know the daily disconnect and we're talking the now and the later. How do we make it from now to later in a straight line? We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we don't try to prop ourselves up with our own understanding saying, no, nah, I got this, God, you're good. Go take a break, I got this. And we respond to him in all of our ways, not just some of our ways, in all of our ways. In our dating ways, we respond To God. In our marriage ways, we respond to God. In our entertainment ways, we respond to God. In our morality ways, we respond to God. In our education ways, we respond to God. In our professional ways, we respond to God. In our financial ways, we respond to God. In all of our ways, respond to God. And He will make your paths straight. And so the decisions that we make now affect our later. But if we acknowledge God in every step of the process along the way, it says that he will make our paths straight so that the decisions we make now will have a positive impact later. And so when we show up 20, 30 years down the road, we're not going, dang it, what did I do with my life? We're saying, heck yeah, I trusted in the Lord with all of my heart. I didn't try to prop myself up with my own understanding. In all of my ways, I responded to God, and my path has been straight, and I've gotten to where I want to go. Does that make sense? And so when when Solomon's saying this in Proverbs, it's like explosions in our brains should be going off, saying, This is unbelievable. This is, I mean, this is this is so powerful. And then, But then we kind of come at it and we say, okay, well, we're talking about God here. Why didn't God just make it like a GPS system, you know? Like, why do we have to stop and ask for directions all the time? Why can't it be, okay, Sam, you want to get to here by this age and then there by that age. Here's the coordinates. Make it happen, right? It's like, why, God doesn't work like a GPS. And for some of us, that's very, very frustrating, right? Because we like the way the GPS works. When my wife's phone dies, she almost can't make it home. Because she's so dependent on the GPS. I mean, it's true. And I believe like many of us are are that way as well. We got this GPS mentality. And so we're like, well, God, why didn't you make it like a GPS? But here's the deal. This is so clutch. This is so key. It's not only about the destination. Do you hear me? It's not only about the destination. It's about the process and the journey to get there. This life is not only about getting to heaven. Newsflash. It's about the relationship and the process all the way there. God's not wanting you to get from point A to point B and says, see you when I get there. Here's the MapQuest printout. That's not the way that it works. He wants relationship. He wants us in a constant posture of dependency. He wants us to consistently trust in the Lord with all of our heart. He doesn't want us to prop ourselves up with our own understanding and say, I got this. I see my eyes on the prize. I see the destination. I'm going for it. He says, don't prop yourself up with your, own, with your own understanding. And he says, in all your ways, at every turn, at every exit, at every notch in the road, at every fork in the road, in all your ways, acknowledge him, respond to him consistently, consistent communication and relationship. And he will make your path straight. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like the antithesis of when we go on a road trip. He wants us to stop and ask for directions every five minutes. He wants that. He's designed us for relationship. He's designed us for community to receive and reflect his love, right? That's the point. And so it's about the process. It's about the journey just as much as it's about the destination. So many people are walking through life saying, oh, I'm just waiting to get to heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just waiting to get to the forever by and by. That's not it. It's not a GPS destination, It's a process, it's the journey, it's the relationship. He loves you way too much to leave you on this planet for any longer than you need to be here, right? Oh, but he just, I just wanna get to heaven. If he wanted you in heaven, you'd be there. He has you here for a reason because this part is important too. And so it's important for us to consistently remain in this posture of dependency and to not prop ourselves up with our own understanding. Oh, I'm gonna buy a car. I don't need to ask God, I'm just gonna buy a car. You're propping yourself up with your own understanding. Oh, I'm going to relocate. I'm going to move. I'm going to buy a bigger, nicer house. I'm going to get this new thing or that new thing with my finances. Stop propping yourself with your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, everything that you do. And then the decisions you make now, now that you've consulted with him, are going to get you where you need to go later. It's a forward-thinking mentality. And it's outlined in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Solomon says, guys, this is the way to do it. This is how we do it. It's essentially what Solomon is saying to us right here, okay? In Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. I didn't plan on doing that, and I shouldn't have done that, because now that's forever in the podcast. Um, (laughs) That's bad. But the reality is, listen, the reality is, is that many of us have been playing the Jesus game but skimping on the relationship part. Many of us have conducted ourselves with this idea that, oh, I go to church and I'm saved and and I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and everything's gonna be good and I'm just gonna get to heaven one day. Can't wait to be with sweet Jesus. And we're playing the Jesus game, but we're skimping on relationship. He's standing there saying, "Uh, hello, hey, I'm here right now too. Like, hey, hello, Right? (laughs) Like oh no I'm too busy to have relationship I'm I'm gotta I gotta get to heaven I gotta I gotta just just get to heaven that's that's where I'm going Jesus I'll get on board if you want to come and it's like no 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 we're playing the Jesus game but we're skimping on the relationship or many of us we think that we have the power and the ability to do it on our own we think okay yeah Sam that's cute and nice for weak people but I'm not weak I don't need Jesus you know I prop myself up with my own understanding. But yeah, we don't have a lot of thinking between our decisions now and how they affect us later. And how our direction determines our destination, not our prayers and our hopes and our wishes and our dreams and all that stuff. It's our direction. And so we think we got this on our own, but we don't. If anyone was in that position, it was Solomon. And he was like, nah, man, you got it all wrong. That's not how you do it. But then some of us in here this morning, we really are lost and we know it. We're like, Yeah, I don't think I got it together. I'm not playing the Jesus game. I really do need help. I'm ready to ask for directions. I'm ready to move forward with Jesus and stop trying to navigate these seas by myself. Many of us are in that position. We're finally in a place where we can submit and we can live in a posture of dependency. And so this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna invite Leo back up here to kind of lead us in just a, a little time of response. Because if you're in here this morning and you fall into those categories, I wanna challenge and encourage you to do something about it. If you're in here this morning and you're hearing for the first time that, oh my gosh, it's not just about getting to heaven, but it's about this life too, and that Jesus wants relationship with you, not just you to arrive at the GPS destination. If you're hearing that for the first time, you're probably thinking, holy crap, what do I do? Well, if that's you, what you do is you start talking to Jesus. You say, God, let's do this thing. I want relationship with you. And then if you have questions beyond that, come talk to me, come talk to Chris, come talk to Bob, come talk to us. And we'll try to point you in the right direction, but ultimately, you know, obviously it's up to you to carry out that relationship. Some of us in here this morning, were like, you know, I have made some pretty major life decisions in the recent past. And I'm continuing to make major life decisions. And yeah, I don't really seek God about it. God's more of an afterthought rather than the go-to. And so maybe you're kind of thinking, oh man, maybe I should shift my perspective. Maybe I should shift my thinking. Maybe I should respond to him in all my ways my work ways, my financial ways, my family ways, in all my ways. I'll respond to him and he can make my paths straight. Or maybe you're in here this morning and you're saying, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally lost. And I need some help. I don't know what decisions I'm making now and I don't know where they are lead me later. <laughs> I'm just a jumbled mess. And I want you to know we say this around here all the time, but following Jesus makes your life better and it makes you better at life. And so I would encourage you to follow Jesus. I would encourage you to join us as we follow Jesus. Get involved here and let people speak into your life. Allow this community to impact you and to walk the journey with you. If you haven't met Jesus, it's very simple. It's a conversation where you say, hey, Jesus, my name's Sam. You already knew that because you're Jesus, but hey, (laughs) right? It's saying, let's do this. It's not no special words, no special hocus pocus uh, drawn out, whatever. It's just saying, God, I want to do this with you, man, and I want you to do this with me, and let's make this happen. It's a decision that takes a moment, but then it's a journey that takes a lifetime, and it's not about a destination. Destination's part of it it's also about the journey. It's about the relationship. And so if you're in any of those categories this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to God. You can sing the songs up there, or you can just stand there and be quiet and have an internal conversation, or you can have an external conversation. Just, God, dude, I'm here. Hey, let's do this. But I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the truth that's found through Solomon for the truth that's found in Proverbs. God, I pray this morning for those of us who have been propping ourselves up with our own understanding that we would realize our need for you. God, I pray for those of us this morning that have been playing the Jesus game, minus Jesus, that we would recognize and we would take up a a posture of dependency upon you. And God, for those of us who are completely lost and need you, I pray you'd send your Holy Spirit wrap your arms around us and embrace us this morning. God, we thank you for your truth in Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all of our ways, we will acknowledge you and you will make our paths straight. we love you, we praise you, we adore you. And we thank you for the work that you're gonna do this morning in our hearts, in our lives, in our faith community. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, challenged you, and that you experience true life change. Make sure you head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc.